ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We welcome you to Gospel Dynamite, a Christian broadcast dedicated to the salvation of the lost and the revival of God's people. I'm Alan Mashburn, your Bible teacher and the pastor of Asbury Baptist Church, located at 218 Asbury Church Road in Seagrove, North Carolina. We invite you to visit our church at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. On Sunday evenings, we provide online services which can be viewed on gospeldynamite.org. Now please join me in the study of the Word of God. You're listening to Gospel Dynamite. Thank you for joining us. I invite you to take your Bible, turn with us to Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, as we examine prepping for the coming storm. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. There rose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. He was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now Jesus and his men are crossing the Sea of Galilee, They've had a long day of teaching the multitudes. Jesus, weary from his work, is asleep in the back of the ship. And as the disciples row, they find themselves suddenly in the middle of a ferocious storm. The Sea of Galilee, which sits surrounded by high mountains, is subject to sudden and violent storms as hot air rushes in from the deserts and it meets the cool air on the surface of the lake. Of course, the phrase Jesus used to calm the storm in verse 39, peace, be still, literally in Greek means be silent, be muzzled, and remain so. This was used to speak to demonic forces. So this storm may, just may, have been an attempt by Satan to seek to destroy the Lord Jesus. At any rate, the disciples in Jesus find themselves caught in the fury of a terrible storm. Now the waves are so violent that they are filling the boat with water. And there's a danger that the boat will be swamped 
and it will sink. The disciples, fearful for their lives, call out to Jesus, who is asleep. He arises, he calms the storm, and then he turns to his men and he rebukes their lack of faith. Verse 40, he tells him that they were fearful. The word means timid, afraid to the point of giving up. When they saw what he did in coming the storm, we're told in verse 41 that they feared. This word means to be stricken with awe and amazement in the presence of one who's greater than yourself. If these disciples had truly understood him and who he was, as they should have, they would have had a second kind of fear first. And they could have avoided the first kind of fear altogether. But wait, instead of criticizing these men for being afraid, maybe we must ask ourselves, why do we fear what we face in life when we can have that same kind of fear that fear which means to be in awe and amazement of someone who's greater than us. Now often we, like these men, look at our storm and we tremble with fear. However, when we do what they did and involve the Lord in our storm, we find out that he's in total control. Then we're left to one conclusion, and one conclusion only. He is far greater than any storm you will ever face in your life. And when we come to understand just three simple, clear truths, we can have that second fear as described in the verse as opposed to the first fear. That is, instead of being discouraged to the point of giving up, we can be filled with awe and amazement at the glory and power of the Lord Jesus that we serve. Now, there are three simple truths contained in these verses that teach us about prepping for the coming storm. First, remember who creates the storm. It is a fact that Satan may have been behind the storm. It may also be true that this storm was just the product of nature. But behind either of these explanations is the truth that God is sovereign. And when the storms of life howl upon us and around us, regardless of the, the sphere of their activity, Behind them, all you will find is the Lord our God. This is what the Bible says in Psalm 107, verses 23 through 32. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. Mount up to the heaven, they go down again to the depths. 
Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. In Isaiah 45 and verse 7, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Now, friend, we may not understand it, but when the stormy winds of life blow about us, a close look at the situation will reveal to us God's fingerprints all over the storm. If it came, he sent it. That's a truth that's so large that my mind won't wrap around it, but just because I cannot grasp it does not prevent it from still being true and relative in my life. Now, for these disciples, they were placed in this storm to teach them more about their Lord. Notice what the Lord asked them in verse 40. The emphasis is this, why do you still lack faith in me? After all that they had seen him do, they should have known who he was. They should have known what he could do. But they still, they still hadn't quite grasped it. So the Lord put them in this storm to teach them. In previous chapters, they had seen his power over disease, over demons, and now they will see his power over the deep. This is a learning experience for them. And this is what purpose the storms serve in your life and mine as well. He puts us in the hard places of life to teach us more about him. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. How would anyone know what God could do until they found themselves in a place where he had to do it? Ask Moses. Ask Elijah, David, Daniel, the three Hebrew boys. As Joshua, as Paul. How would we ever know the power, the strength, the vastness of our God if he gave us smooth waters all the time? How would we know the richness of his strength and the wealth of his person if he gave us everything we needed right off the bat? Did you notice that the winds and the waves in the text never bothered the Lord? The Lord Jesus was never moved by the storm nor by the sea. 
And if we could ever learn to see the storm like he sees it, it would erase our fear. While they toiled, they worried, they feared, he slept peacefully, knowing everything was well in hand. You see, he knew what they did not know. He knew what was ahead. He knew that he would not drown at sea because he was headed to a cross. He knew the disciples would not die at sea because they too were destined for greater things. That is why he could sleep while they sweated. Did you know that he still knows what's beyond the storm in your life and mine? That's right. He knows what we face down the road, how he will use us, how he will bless us. He also knows whether or not we will die in that storm. But regardless of what you may be facing today, let us remind ourselves, God is not upset about it. He has the matter well at hand. He he is completely in charge. He's completely in control. He has never not been in control. Thus, you can rest. Because his sleeping days are over forever. He who never slumbers nor sleeps will keep you safely through the dark, stormy nights of your life. Psalm 121, verses 3 and 4. So remember who creates the storms. But also, secondly, remember who controls the storms. Notice what Jesus said in verse 35. Let us pass over unto the other side. What hope that should have sparked in the heart of these disciples? They had his promise that they were merely passing over, yet they did not believe him. They had his promise, but his promise did not have them. How often is that true in your life and mine? We have his word in a matter, but still we worry, still we fear. How tragic! When will we ever learn that the storms and the trials of life, though very unpleasant, can never pass the boundaries of his word? He will ever do what he has promised. And we need never fear that his word will fail. If he has promised anything, then that is just what he will do. The Bible says that he arose and rebuked the wind. What God creates, he controls. What God creates, he controls. Whatever God puts into motion, he can perfectly control. And even as the storm will never pass the boundary of his word, it will also never pass the boundary of his power. That which looks hopeless to you and me is mere child's play in the hand of God. Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33. We're told that Jesus walked on the very things that the disciples feared. 
Whatever you face is always also under his feet. Now notice with me in verse 35 of our text. He saith unto them. He saith unto them. It was the Lord's idea to get into the ship and sail into the storm. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 18, a parallel verse, we're told that he gave commandment. Often when we sail into a storm, our first thought is that we must be out of God's will. Well, it is always good to check up on that. But these men found themselves in a storm because they were in God's will. He sent them there, and he will see them through. Just as his word and his works set boundaries that the storms of life cannot violate, neither can they pass the boundaries of his will for our lives. If he is sovereign, and he is, and the Bible teaches us that he is, then we must learn the truth that everything in life is under his control. Friends, he controls the storm. He controls it all. He determines the duration. He determines the severity. And he even determines the results. Learn to place your all in his hands and trust him to control the storm. You want to see that in action? You want to see that truth in action? Just look at Job. God controlled exactly what happened to Job, how long it lasted, and how it ended. God is in control. Now, some people have a hard time with that truth. But you better be glad the storm is under his control. If it's just running its own course, then it's out of control. And there's no telling what will happen. No, the Lord Jesus is in perfect control. Which brings me to a third point. Remember who calms the storm. The disciples had tried rowing, they had tried worrying, they had tried crying, but nothing, nothing had an effect until they had called on Jesus. Now when they did, those three simple words from the Savior, which were peace, be still, in Greek, is much stronger. Wind, be muzzled and remain that way. And that solved the problem. It solved that problem instantly. You remember today, as your ship is battered and threatened by the storm that howls around you, whether it's something personal, emotional, spiritual, financial, or even COVID-19. 
God's not given you the spirit of fear. You remember, as your ship's battered and threatened by the storm that howls around you, you serve a God who is able to speak peace to your storm. The hour will come when he will rebuke your storm and it will go away. Now, maybe you just need to do what they did. Stop trying and give in to Christ. After all, that's what he told us to do in Matthew 11 and verse 28, 1 Peter 5 and verse 7, casting all your care upon him, he cares for you. But notice the response in the scriptures here. The wind ceased. That little phrase describes a situation where one second there is a terrifying storm and the next second there is absolute calm. Instantly, the storm was gone and the Sea of Galilee became absolutely calm and peaceful. Again, friend, this is what God, this is what God can do in your life. He can speak the word and your storm will cease. However, the Lord will often allow the storm to continue in our lives until it has accomplished all its purpose. But my friend, the Bible teaches in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, in the midst of that, he will speak peace to his child. Oh, he may not always change your circumstances, but if you will yield to him, he'll change you in your circumstances. And him changing me is worth more than him changing my situation. Now, when they see this, the disciples are filled with awe and amazement. They're thrilled that they are no longer in danger from the storm. They are relieved that the threat is gone. There's a similar relief when the Lord moves in our storms. When he calms the storm or when he calms the heart of his child, there's a sense of relief that the worst is over and we're left in awe at the power and majesty of the Lord. Perhaps that's one reason why he allows us to weather the difficult storms of life. He wants to come to the place. He wants us to come to the place where we learn firsthand that God is able to do anything and that he is worthy of our praise and our worship. That's one thing to hear about it from others, but it's another thing altogether when we experience him and that power for ourselves. In closing, the storms of life exist to teach us dependence on our mighty God. And when we come to the place where we stand in awe of his power, his person, and his plan, the storms cease to frighten us. We will be so overcome with who he is that nothing else in life will phase us, whether it be disease whether it be discouragement, difficulty, or death, it'll seem as nothing when it's compared to him. Those who have a big God have little problems. Those who have a mighty God weather weak storms. Where does this find you in your life? 
Only you can answer that. But friends, listen to me. Our Lord is able. He is more than willing to reach out his hand and place your hand in his. And he will guide you through that storm of life. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We trust it's been a blessing. Trust you'll have a great week in the Lord. Log on to our website, gospeldynamite.org, and let us know if you've accepted Christ or this message has helped you. God bless you, and we trust you have a great day in the Lord.